Labor Day 2020. Welcome to another episode of Mondays with Matt Marion. I am your host, Matt Marion, MWMMP. This is Matt Mondays with Matt Marion podcast, MWMMP. I just like saying those letters together. How you guys doing out there? I hope those of y'all that are working have the day off, but I know... uh I know my trashmen didn't have the day off. They picked they picked up my garbage today. It's garbage day. So uh give a shout out to all those garbage men out there working hard on Labor Day. But uh it's kind of weird to be celebrating uh Labor Day with so many of us not working. I am starting to substitute teach this week, I believe. Um Fayette County's orange, so Students are not reporting in, but I am going to substitute for someone, so I still report in, but I guess I'll just talk to the students over the computer or something. I have no idea what, what to expect um, tomorrow if I go in there. We'll see. At least I'm working, so I can't complain too much. Uh, man, it's been a great week. Uh, I got to see some stand-up. On this past Thursday in Fayetteville, it was a little outdoor show they have an, uh, at Cantrell's Rafting Company. They have a really neat little wooden stage. I don't know why it matters if it's wooden, but a little little stage out front of their bar. And it was really nice. My girlfriend and our friend Carly all went there. And it was uh, it was organized by Ian Lutz, who's a awesome awesome really funny guy funny comedian from around i think he's from this area i sent him a friend request i don't know if he's accepted it yet and uh it mostly consisted of morgan uh people from morgantown some comedians from morgantown justin powers ej edmonds and lawton parnell and uh trevor denton who i guess he's actually from la and he just got a job here his first job as a sports news anchor here in Oak Hill, so I, I actually talked to him. So I might have him on the podcast sometime soon. Man, what a what a trip! Go to from LA to here for your first job. Couldn't ex- expect him to stay here very long. I, West Virginia it seems like it's like an intro to news. That's where everybody gets their start, and then they move on. I remember going down to Orlando for a a Mountaineer uh, bowl game. And I saw our old weather guy working down there. I was like, man, he must have moved up in the world. It's sad that you move up from West Virginia in a lot of things. But it's still a great place to be. I'm trying to get in shape, trying to eat better, starting yesterday pretty much. I went on a really long hike yesterday. I do this loop up in, in Fayetteville. 
And uh, I did that loop three times for a total of four and a half miles, kind of just hiking and uh, running up the hills when I could, but not trying to wear myself out, just run till, to get my heart going, and then I'd slow down. And that felt good. My right knee kind of hurts. Not that it really fucking matters. But anyways, and this I told myself last night, I started listening to this book again, Can't Hurt Me, by David Goggins, and he's just a badass guy. And I'll never be David Goggins or anything, but it, it is has been getting me going. So uh, anybody that's trying to find some motivation in your life, I do recommend this book, Can't Hurt Me, by David Goggins. And it does it does get you going. It makes you want to go out there and bust your ass. And I've listened to it once, and I, I remember I was getting in shape at the time, and then I lost it over this quarantine or anything, turned into a really lazy piece of shit. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, it's your own personal thing. I'm not trying to tell you all what to do. So, But I, uh, I told myself last night, Matt, we're going to get up early tomorrow. I set an alarm for 6 a.m. I, I went in bed. I laid down right at 10 a.m. And pretty much just tossed and turned for two hours. Got on my phone, texted my girlfriend. I can't sleep. Finally, I passed out, had a really, really crazy nightmare. Basically, uh, at the end of my nightmare, I was getting bit by this, I was like laying in bed and this shadowy person went under my sheets and started nibbling on my hand and I woke up going, get off my hand and I punched my own hand. That's how I woke up. Then I went back to sleep. My alarm went off at six. I was a little bitch. I didn't wake up. But a half hour later, I kind of woke up on my own. I looked at my phone at 6.30. I looked outside. It's still pretty dark. And I said, Matt, let's just get up. Let's get up and let's go exercise this morning like we planned to do. And I did it. I did it. I went to the Kmore top. Kmore is an old mine in Fayetteville. I've talked about it before. And I did a hike down the coal miners trail. And then I did the 823 steps. Walked down. My knee was killing me, but I still did it. Hurts mostly just walking downhill. And then I trudged back up, did the old trudge back up the steps, up the coal miners trail, and got a good workout in this morning. And I was very tired after that. I came home and made myself some coffee. Now, got and got ready for the podcast, ate some breakfast. So my day's, my Labor Day's going pretty good. I'm getting ready to go to my mom's. And probably eat like shit. I'm trying to eat better, but I'm 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 gonna eat whatever they have today. Not that they eat like shit. I mean, it'll probably be some good food, but you know how it goes: the cookouts, hot dogs, hamburgers. You have to have a hot dog and a hamburger, right? At least I do. But yeah, it was a great week. Uh, sorry, I kind of got off topic with the stand up, but man, those comedians killed it. Every single one of them. Morgantown's got a really great uh, comedy scene. I know my buddy Lawton Parnell was one of the comedians, and he, they were doing open mics at least once a month at 123 Pleasant Street there. And I believe it was going pretty well. It was, it was, they were always having a crowd there. So it's really hard for comedians lately. I know the biggest comedy clubs in the country are closed. And, man, the crowd came out, though. Cantrell's hasn't been too busy. I was talking to the bar there, especially during before, right before golly season starts cooling down and nobody 
really comes rafting too much during these times. So it slows down, and then golly season, they release the dam, and the golly opens, and then you have a whole nother crowd come in. But the crowd came in for that comedy. They're they're really wanting to see it. I think a lot of people in West Virginia are pretty thirsty for some comedy. I mean, as well as music. There's not music right now either. But I hope there's there's some more comedy shows around West Virginia. They have them up in Morgantown. We need some more down in Charleston. Um. Uh, I'm slowly working on bits, but after seeing those comedians, I, oh my gosh, it it really made me see how much work I would have to put in to be a comedian. They were amazing. Uh, Super funny. The crowd loved it. So Ian Lutz, thanks for uh, organizing that. And that was a great time. So let's get into this thing. Got a lot, just like I've had a lot for the past few podcasts. Got a lot of questions to answer. And I have my little segments here. So let's start with the good news segment. I saw a lot of good news here. One article that popped out to me is Hormel Foods. Hormel, you know, they make that chili in a can. Hormel Foods to provide free college education to children of all its 16,000 employees. That's amazing. Uh, It mentions in the article that a lot of their workers didn't go to college, so they're hoping that this will be the first generation of Lolly's families to have their kids go to college, and it's an awesome thing for them to do. That's a lot of money, but I'm not surprised that they make a lot of money because they keep skipping out on the on the meat that's in their chili. But, you know, do what you got to do to send all those kids to college. I still I get that chili from time to time. It's okay. It's not the best chili in the world. But it does, it does, uh, it works. It works if you don't want to sit there over a hot pot of chili all day making it. So good for you, Hormel. Just another reason to buy your kind of shitty chili. There's something else that stuck out with me. Oh, it says bring these zoo animals into your birthday par- parties by ordering a personalized video message from them. <laughs> <laughs> How do they personalize it? They just... Tell the animal what you said, like, hey, this is for Matt. He's turning 31, and the sloth's just like, no. I don't know if sloths make very much noise. They probably do. They probably make cute little noise, like, there's another one that I was, article that looked really funny. Where is it? Well, this one's not funny. This vending machine refills cleaning products, raining in plastic and saving your money. It shows a, a woman here with her laundry detergent bottles. Man, laundry detergent bottles, are there's so much plastic in those. I've noticed. Because when it's completely empty, it's still kind of heavy. And it has that fancy lid on top, so you, I don't know, so you don't waste it or something. They're always so weird looking. Oh, this one stuck out to me. So first... First time a 10-year-old boy uses his birthday metal detector, he unearths a century, centuries-old sword. Wow, it's one of those swords that, like, you're holding, like, like that the Three Musketeers would use. I mean, it's super rusty, and it's kind of cut in half. kind of looks pretty shitty, but that's a good find. Let's say, only this wasn't, or wait, what's it say? Once upon a time in a green and pleasant land lived a boy who dreamed of buried treasure. Armed with a brand new magic wand, he set out one day to see what he could find. He'd scarcely waved the wand once 
when, lo and behold, an ancient sword was revealed to him. I started saying ancient different. I used to say ancient, like A, as if it was almost spelled A-N-G, like Ang. I started saying ancient, which is probably the right way to say it. I've been realizing I say a lot of words wrong lately, but that's another story. Only this wasn't a fairy tale, it was real life. Okay, so the magic wand was a metal detector. Yeah, we know. It was in the article. It was in the title of the article. Sorry, this is a great network. Good news network. Uh, anyways, he said, I felt excited. It was a sword, and it was just here. I didn't really expect anything too big. Man, so now his life, I feel like it's kind of going to ruin his metal detecting life. Because he barely used it for any time, and he found a fucking sword. He's probably never going to find anything that cool, but he's going to be obsessed with metal detecting because of it. And from now on, it's going to be like, oh, I found another penny. Wish it was a sword. Oh, I found a... I don't know what you find. Maybe he'll find a ring. Maybe maybe he'll have a bunch of luck. Maybe he won't need to get a job. Maybe he'll just use his metal detector. He could probably sell this sword for a pretty penny. Does it say anything? Anything about selling the sword? Um, for the moment, the fate of the sword remains up in the air, where it ultimately ends up will be determined by the authorities per the UK's Treasure Act of 96. So he doesn't even get to choose? Well, that's bullshit. He should be able to keep it if he wants to. I don't know. I might have skipped part. Oh, well. We have a lot to get into today, but way to go there. What's your name? Fionten Hughes. Fionten. F-I-O-N-N-T-A-N. Why do I always get the weirdest names in this thing? That's some good news, though. That's some good news for your Labor Day. Get the week started. All right. Now on to our next segment, Movies with Matt, and I have some good ones, so... Every week, I'm going to do a good movie and a bad movie. My good movie this week, I didn't really watch any movies, any good movies, that is, this past week, so I decided just to talk about one of my favorites that I've, I grew up watching. It's also my dad's favorite movie, and we've really bonded over my life with this movie, always quoting it pretty much every time I see him. And that movie is Pee-wee's Big Adventure, 1985's Pee-wee's Big Adventure. So, of course, it stars Paul Rubin as Pee-wee Herman. It is, I believe, it's Tim Burton's first feature-length film. Uh, Wow, it was written by Phil Hartman and Paul Rubens. That's amazing. It says one more credit. Why don't you just show me all the cred? And Michael Varhol, don't know who that is. Wow, I didn't know Phil Hartman's not in it, but he he wrote it. I know he was in Pee-wee's Playhouse some as a character, but it's uh, it says when an eccentric man-child Pee-wee Herman gets his beloved bike stolen in broad daylight, he sets out across the U.S. on the adventure of his life, and he ends up going all across the country, ends up at Texas at one point, maybe at the Alamo. I don't really know. He might meet a ghost along the way. I don't want to ruin anything. But it is a great film. Like I said, Tim Burton's first feature-length film. Uh, It also has, I know fans of Tim Burton usually love the music by Danny Elfman. This is actually also Danny Elfman's first time 
composing for a movie. I I read that he, I might have listened to him. I, I think I listened to a commentary with Danny Elfman, and he basically had to, he was already a musician, but to write all the music, he had to reteach himself basically all how to write music over again, music theory. So he had to relearn music theory, but it has an amazing soundtrack. Whenever you, I've seen Primus, so anybody's seen Primus, I think a couple times before I've seen them, their music that they play on stage before, as before they walk on stage is usually, I've seen them use the nightmare sequence sound like music from Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which is written by Danny Elfman. Uh, there's a really great breakfast machine scene at the beginning. That's probably my favorite song, the classic Pee-wee Herman's Pee-wee's Big Adventure song. And it's it's really worth a watch if you've never seen it. If you love Tim Burton, or don't, it's not even too Tim Burton-y, really. It's, it's mostly just Pee-wee, but it's amazing. Definitely check it out. It's great f- for young kids to watch, but the parents are going to love it, too. Middle-aged people, whatever age you are. It's, it's a great film. Check it out. It gets a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, but I give it a 10 out of 10. Amazing, amazing film. Check it out. So my bad film of the week. This actually, I'm kind of answering also a question by my good friend Emily Joe. Thank you for listening over all these past episodes, Emily, and giving me good advice and also asking me great questions. She asked me a question which said, which podcast are you listening to? And one of my favorite podcasts is called How Did This Get Made? And it is Paul Shear, um, Jason Manzukis, and June Diane Raphael. And every week they they cover a shitty movie. Like a, a just sometimes they, they are just shitty movies. Like they're not even fun to watch. Kind of like this one actually that I'm getting ready to talk about. But they they were just doing it themselves like in a recording studio, and then they started doing it in front of a live audience, and it's it's really funny. I mean, they have a huge following now. They sell out theaters. I was actually supposed to see them a few couple years ago, but didn't realize I had a gig, so I missed out. Just like I've missed out on a lot of things while playing music, not saying it's not worth it, but I have missed out on a lot of things. I was supposed to be in the Dark Knight Rises. I was supposed to be in the crowd of the football stadium. I was signed up and ready to go, but I had to play at a dang wedding. And it was like one of those weddings where only the bride and groom liked us. We ended up playing like a hundred yards away on this concrete platform and nobody even came down to listen to us. And I should have been in the Batman movie. Oh, well, it doesn't still bother me if it's not obvious, but yeah, I watched this really shitty movie called two Twenty Two, like the time Two colon two 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 twenty two and it was really bad. I really don't know if I could recommend watching this. I was only going to give y'all like fun bad movies to watch. But that movie really sucked. Oh here's a fun bad movie to watch just off the top of my head. Face off. I mean I, I wouldn't say it's bad. It's it's good. You know, it has Nicolas Cage in it and what's his name? Gosh, my girlfriend's so good at names and I, I just forget names like nobody's business uh 
when I say his name, you're going to be like, what the fuck, Matt? Why don't you remember his name? Oh, God, I've clicked so many things to find this out. Not prepared, Matt. John Travolta. It stars John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. And, yeah, basically they take their faces off. Their faces are taken off and <laughs> put on each other's bodies. Uh, they sleep with... One of them sleeps with their wife who doesn't notice. I mean, I know the face is different, but is his, is dick different? I don't know. I doubt it. I don't think they. I don't think it's dick off. It's just face off. But that's a good one. That's a good bad movie to watch. So let's move on to shows. Man, I was just thinking. Like, I feel like shows are kind of taking our the superiority of entertainment right now over movies. Movies are just. You can only fit in so much in a couple hours, and you don't want the movie to be much longer than that, unless it's Titanic. But shows can, can just really dig in. I, I remember hearing somebody say it's like, shows are almost like novels now. They can dig so deep into the characters and really just add a lot of depth to the story. And it is like reading a, a big novel. But a show that I've really enjoyed, and it just now came out with its second season on Amazon Prime, is The Boys. So it's about uh, it's about their superheroes in the U.S., but they kind of become, they're a part of a corporation, and it really does, it's kind of like a realistic version if, if superheroes are around. It's very dark. It's, it's funny, but it's dark, and... It, the boys aren't actually the name of the... It's called The Seven, is what the superheroes are called. But the boys are these guys that kind of got the shitty end of the stick with a superhero, like had a run-in with them, and maybe like a superhero killed one of their loved ones. So they kind of want to bring them down to their level, keep them in check, basically. So that's a great show. The boys, great writing, great effects... So definitely check that one out. Okay, so let's just go ahead and get into these questions. Where are we, 22 minutes in? All right, let's start off. Kaiden, oh, he was a first-time listener, first-time writer of a question, I think, last podcast, or maybe the one before that. Uh, Kaiden is a, uh, a drummer for the rock and roll band Ghost Road, and he asks, have you ever thought about owning a donut shop or anything of that sort. Oh, Kaiden, you know me too well. And I feel like he's remembering a conversation we had, probably while we were working at Mountain State Brewing Company together, making pizzas, prepping. But yes, yes, to answer your question, I do have a pretty good idea for a donut shop, so hear me out. They're little tiny donuts, okay? The small donuts, but fresh. They'd be fresh. And, you know, donuts kind of look like buttholes, right? Especially the tight ones, like I'm talking about, like the small ones. So there's barely a hole, right? So it's like a closed butthole. But you can't call them buttholes because who wants to eat some buttholes? So I kind of thought of a better name. They'd be called buttles, Bud, like B-U-D-D-L-E-S. Nobody can take this idea. 
do not take this idea from me unless you give me a very large chump of change. I'm probably never going to do anything about it, but before you do it, give me some money. It's my idea. But yeah, little bottles. You can get a dozen bottles. Um, there might be like chocolate-coated ones, call them like muddy bottles. Um, you have glazed bottles. Um, maybe you could have like some that are like normal donuts, like loose bottles. I don't know. But yeah, that is my idea. Bottles. Have some bottles, have some coffee with your buddies, your buddies and bottles. And your butthole's just sitting there. Be great. So uh, if you like that idea, you know, I'd like to hear hear some of your thoughts. If you all, and well, before I get into even more questions, feel free to ask me any questions, folks. Any new listeners here, I will give your band or your, your uh, brand a shout out. If you have one or your company that you love to work for, or your own business, I will happily give you a shout out for free of charge. I just like you all asking questions, and I, I like the I like to hope that if you ask a question, you're also listening in. And I've I haven't gotten more questions to ant like like I haven't gotten so many questions that I can't answer them in a podcast. So hopefully I'll get to that point. But right now, if you ask me a question, I'll make a post tomorrow on my Facebook. Uh, I'll make one on Instagram too. But I'll most likely answer it on the next Monday's podcast. So keep that in mind. All right. Dave Thomas. He always calls me Uncle Matt. Uncle Dave. And he is an amazing artist. I was checking out his stuff yesterday. You can find it at www.davethomaswvartist.com. Dave is, a lot of people know him as Washboard Dave. He's played with a lot of bands, hopped up on stage with his washboard, and he always kills it. But he's also a great artist. He makes uh, a really beautiful block prints. And I, I know he's he's running pretty low on a lot of them on there, so you need to hop on there, check out his stuff, and if you like it, you need to buy it now because he's running low. So it's, it's awesome, Dave, to see you selling these amazing works of art. He has block prints, like really ones of bir- really pretty ones of birds and... Uh, there's some with some shells on there. Just very aesthetic, like very nice. Like they look very nice hanging up in your house. And he, he's also a painter and he has really cool paintings as well. He he has his own style going. And Dave has a great question. He says, The sound of the triangle always signaled a chase scene on the TV show Chips. Do you think of yourself as Ponch or John when you play the triangle? You know, whenever I am playing the triangle, I'm always just imagining being on a police motorcycle on the chase. And I am definitely paunch whenever I do this. So that's a great question, Dave. Uh, I know I, there's a question, what do I think about in the past? But that, that is what I think about, just being on a police motorcycle chase in California. Is that where it is or is it in Hawaii? I forget. I just know it's somewhere beautiful. It's probably L.A., right? I think. I don't know. But let's keep this thing moving. All right. All right, my next answer is from Mom. It's my mom, Kim. Uh, Everybody should follow her on Kimbo, her Instagram, Kimbo Decorator. Make sure I have that right. She 
she's an amazing decorator. She's she's really artistic herself. Um, no, there's Kim's. Oh, Kim's decor love. I think she changed it. So K I M S, then D E C O R love, just all one wor word. Kim's decor love. Gosh, she's killing it. She has three thousand thirty followers on here. She is a part of this Facebook group and she gets thousands of comments, thousands of likes. She got like over 3,000 likes on this last one that she did. Had a picture of Rocky and then some pretty things around him. And she's amazing. She really is amazing. Very talented. And she asked, how are you so handsome and sweet? Oh, that's really nice. Well, Mom, I think you have a lot to do with that. I get most of my sweetness from you. And a lot of my, I get my, my dimples from you, which make me handsome. So I would say you're pretty much probably 75% of that reason. Maybe 25% of that reason's from dad. Maybe less. Maybe you're 80 and dad's 20. Something like that. I'm just kidding. I love my dad too. But definitely get my sweetness from my mom. I always channel my mom when I'm, whenever I'm teaching. Just whenever I'm, I, I feel like, all right, let's put on a happy face and I'm just like, hello, everybody. And that's definitely from my mom. My dad's really nice, too. And and uh, he he loves people. He loves hanging out with people. And uh, so I definitely would like to be more like my mom and my dad. But I love you, Mom. Can't wait to see you today for Labor Day. Sorry I cuss sometimes on here. All right. Next question is from Chris Compton. And he is in a band called There Will Be Gorgons. Good, great West Virginia band, and so give them a shout out. And he says, "What's the biggest tour Fletcher's Grove has ever been on?" Well, we haven't taken like huge, huge tours. Like, I mean, we, we're always busy during the summer, but it's not like we're on the road constantly. But we did do, uh, I think it was a three-week tour. Did some shows on the way out to Colorado, and then we did a bunch of shows while we were in Colorado. I love it out there, man. It's beautiful. Um, without if you're just driving straight from West Virginia to Colorado, it's about 24 hours of driving, so it is a long drive. Some of it's pretty boring, uh, but stopped at some places along the way, like Cincinnati, Louisville, um. Played in Lawrence, is it Lawrenceville or Lawrence, Kansas? Wherever the Jayhawks play. That sucked. Played literally to nobody. I remember we got there and the the bartender was just like really depressed. I think he was just like already started drinking himself. <laughs> a couple people showed up. A couple showed up, you know, drink at the bar. In between songs, we'd be like, yeah, all right, that was good. But... I remember we played on, it's their high street. There's a high street in Morgantown too. And they have their own high street, but it's a lot longer. And it's a lot flatter because it's in Kansas. And then you drive through Kansas and it's very flat. It is beautiful though in a way. I know some, a lot of people say it's really boring. But being from West Virginia, you just don't realize how much the mountains take away from the sky and like the horizon. Like... I feel like our sky is like the a quarter of the size of the sky in Kansas. 
And just, I remember going out there and just looking around and maybe being a little stoned. I don't know at the time, but just thinking, just feeling so small because the sky just, it's like a colossus sky. I don't know if that's a good word to use for that or not. I need to get better with words. I said I was going to look up some some words uh, recently to do some vocabulary work on my own, but I, I did not do any of that. But I, I am trying to get in shape, damn it. I need to get my mind in shape too. All right, this next uh, question is from my man Matt. Uh, I don't always say people's last names if they don't, aren't showing their business or their band. So if you don't don't mind me using your last name or want me to, you can tell me to in a question. But this Matt, I played some ball with him. He's a great ball player back in the day. We were doing going out to the Grayson Lake with him and watching him do gainers and stuff. Uh but Matt says, How good do you think Carol Baskins is going to do on Dancing with the Stars and what song is she going to dance to? And he says, shit, I can't wait. I might actually watch the season. And, man, I'm right there with you. I know my mom and dad, they watch it every season since it came out. That's at least one show that they watch together. And, oh, my gosh, when I heard this, I immediately texted my girlfriend because it's like everybody watched that show, uh, Tiger King, because it was like it came out at the best time. Everybody's quarantined in. It was kind of fun the first two weeks. Like, oh, we're quarantined in, nothing to do, but stay at home and, and watch Netflix and Tiger King did not disappoint at all. Uh, but I don't know if everybody has watched Tiger King, but Carol Baskins is like the rival tiger person and, uh, the Tiger King himself was always saying that she murdered her old husband and this and that, which I kind of think she did too. So it's crazy that she's going to be on this thing. She's pretty far out there. I actually heard that she worked in Charleston at one point. You can look it up on YouTube. She talks about working in Charleston, and she actually tried to commit suicide by jumping off a bridge in Charleston. I don't know which bridge it is, but she said she worked on the river, and she gets in at the top floor of this building. So I think it's that hotel right there, right in front of the, the levee. There used to be a restaurant there. And sorry, I just snorted like that. But uh, so what song do I think she is going to dance to? And the first thing that comes to my mind, since she might have killed her husband, um, I think she would dance to Killer Queen by Queen. She's a killer queen. Oh, man, she came out dancing like that, just flooding her, flooding her stuff, flaunting her stuff. What is... God, I suck at words recently. Strutting her, it's strutting, not flooding. Strutting her stuff. I was thinking like F-L-U-T-T-I-N-G, flooding. What the heck is that? Strutting her stuff to Killer Queen. And I do hope she makes it past the second round, first round at least. We need more Carol Baskin in our lives. Actually, you can get a bunch of it on YouTube. She does a YouTube video like every day follow of her cats and kittens out there and they bought tiger the tiger king's um old place where he had tigers and matt told me that he he's been there to oh what's it called i can't think of anything right now i know i say that every podcast it's not a good excuse is it but he's been to 
where they held the Tigers at Tiger King. So that's cool. Good good question, Matt. And I'll be right there with you watching that. Dancing with the Stars. All right, my next question is from Kevasaurus. Miss you, Kev, but I've been staying in touch with Kev all throughout this quarantine. Can't wait to be back out there. Oh, I just want to make sure. He had a question about my... the. Uh, about um sunshine daydream and uh or trips farm people call it trips farm i feel like i might have said it was in philippi but that i don't know why i think i said that that's where we have grooving but it's in terra alta west virginia so i just want to make that clear just in case i did mess that up that was like two podcasts ago but for some reason i just thought of it but kevasaurus says um oh i i've Dang it, I copied the wrong question. He asked me on Facebook here. He says, Oh, question. Do you ever feel like you channel Desi Arnaz? So Desi Arnaz, of course, uh, was Ricky Ricardo on on um, I Love Lucy. And I, I did. I watched... Whenever he first asked that, I thought he was talking about Freddie Prince, like Freddie Prince Jr.'s dad, because I was thinking of Desi Arnaz Jr., uh, who is also an actor. But I watched I Love Lucy when I was a kid. I've probably seen every single episode. I loved watching it on a. It was at the time it was called Nick at Night, and uh, I did love Ricky Ricardo. And I remember he, I remember seeing him play more of like the congas and stuff in the later episodes when they moved out of the apartment. I didn't like those episodes as much when they moved into the house and just kind of lost its appeal to me. I liked when they were in that little apartment together. But uh, I think in a way, yeah, I never really thought about it, but he was definitely the first person I ever saw playing the congas. And uh, so, yeah, I'd like to say I, chan- I channel a little bit of Desi. A little bit of Des Yarnez. And uh, he said he was Ricky Yarnez. He was Ricky Ricardo, wasn't he? Ricky Ricardo. Pretty dang sure. And he says, uh, check out Flying Down to Rio with Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. I will do that. I need to watch more classic movies. Um, So I definitely added that to my list. I'll watch that and I'll let you know what I think about it. If it's good, I might even make it the good movie segment on the podcast. So, Kevasaurus, man, uh, thank you so much. You've been listening from day one, uh, giving me some great input and a lot of positive feedback. So, thank you so much. That means so much to me, and I can't wait to see you down there at Tripp's Farm sometime soon. All right, my friend Carly has a good question here. She says, what's the most and least sexiest names? Well, I'll tell you, okay? Female names, most sexy. I like the name Veronica. Something about that name, Veronica, I like. Um, of course, Kennedy, that's my girlfriend's name, but, you know, that's not really a popular female name, but I do like it. Um, so, Veronica for sexiest name, and for least sexy... Even though Grateful Dead has a great song with this name, I would have to say Bertha. It's just like Bertha. It's like, oh, you're pregnant. Yeah, I'm about to give Bertha. Oh, Bertha. I won't say any more, but yeah, Bertha's not very sexy. 
uh, how I don't even know like how you'd make that sexy if you shortened it up like Bert, Bert, or just Eartha. No, Eartha. <laughs> I don't know. Bertha's a tough one. Yeah, least sexy for me. Male, most sexy for some reason. The first name that popped in my head was Andre. I've been watching some Ninety Day Fiance and this this um. There's this couple, and the guy's name's Andre, but he's from a... I forget where he's from. He's from Eastern Europe, and he says it Andre. And that's how his fiance says it, too, Andre. So Andre, that's a cool one. You know, you have Andre 3000, Eric Andre. That's his last name. And uh, the least sexy, and he is a good friend of mine. I'm sorry, but I have to go with... Judd. I just, I don't think Judd's very, a very sexy name. My buddy Judd, I guess he could be sexy if he wants to be. But yeah, Judd. It's just, it's just one syllable. Or I guess it might be Judson is the full name, but then people are just, are not going to call you Judson. They're just going to call you Judd. Rhymes with mud and crud and fud. So, yeah, sorry, Judd. That's not a very sexy name, bro. All right. Next question, my man Dylan. Fire-spinning Dylan. He says, Do you feel like, after things go back to the new normal, people will have more respect for venues and bands after going a year without? I like how you said new normal, because it's not going to be normal. It's just going to be the new normal, uh, for sure. And yes, I do. I do think people will respect. If they don't respect it more, they'll at least be more thankful for them. So maybe being more thankful in, in itself will bring more respect. Um, yeah, it'd be cool if, if bands did have a little bit more respect too. Uh, especially kind of kind of payment wise, you know, ticket sale wise. I mean. Tickets are pretty cheap usually, especially for bands that are not necessarily national touring, but still putting their hearts and souls into the music and playing for not very much. I mean, it's been standard for a band member to get a hundred bucks for one gig for for a really long time. At least with bands that are just kind of starting to make it and everything. And Guys, that's not much. I know it, it sounds like a lot, like 100 bucks just to play for an hour or two, but think about everything else that goes into it. Basically, their whole day is based around that. It's not like they just wake up and go to the venue that's in their town and then go back home. No, they're on the road for who knows how many days before that. Could have been on the road for two weeks, and they're coming there to make that money. They might have been driving that day, so it ends up being like a almost a. I mean, a lot most of the, most gigs end up being at least like a ten hour day, with your setup, your playing, your tear down, and every time you tear down and set up, it's like you're moving a fuck like just living like a whole living room or small house of furniture into a place, then taking it back out. So it's not easy, and so I don't know. Don't don't. A lot of people are turned away when it's $5. I mean, man, it should be at least $10, almost for any music event. 
and that's not much, man. I mean, and I think people will realize what they're what they get from music, and they'll be more willing to pay for it. If if you have extra dough, man. I mean, I can, this is coming from a musician, so. But if you're if you're if it's a five dollars show, and you have some extra dough, give them another five dollars, maybe. You know, it won't hurt. But I I do think it will, hopefully, give more respect to bands, and I think people will definitely. I think people during this have definitely been reflecting on, how much music does mean to them live music, and having a, a great venue to go to. And a lot of venues are closing down right now. Uh, so they can use your help. I know 123 could use some help. So donate some money if you have some extra dough floating around. I know there's a lot of things, though, that need money and people in this world that need money. So use your best judgment with that. All right, my final question. Well, no, it's not really final, but kind of. Uh, this is from Alex, Al Tomp, the fisherman, my man, miss him. He says, who in the band is a bigger sports phony fan, Croft or Wes? <laughs> oh, man, it's so true. Who's more phony? I'm going to have to say Croft because of this one incident, okay? So we are playing in Huntington, West Virginia at a place called the V Club, Another great venue in West Virginia. Love playing the V Club. Always have a good crowd there. And Marshall and West Virginia were playing. And this is when Geno Smith was the Mountaineers football court was was the Mountaineers quarterback. And Marshall had our number had West had the Mountaineers number the whole time. And if people that don't understand West Virginia and or the Mountaineers and Marshall, they're both in West Virginia and they're They've always been rivals, but WVU's a bigger school, bigger program. But Marshall's a very well-respected program in the state, and they they always do well. They always play well, but they've I don't think they've ever beat the Mountaineers. If they have, it's been a really, really long time ago. So the Mountaineers are playing Marshall in Huntington, and we were playing at V Club that same night. So we were kind of waiting to start for the after the game ends, so we get a crowd to come in after the game. And Marshall was beating WVU the entire game. And at the very end, I think there might have been a turnover. I don't re- really remember the exact uh, turn of events. But basically, Geno Smith threw a, uh, just kept passing it down the field. And then we finally scored at the very, very end, probably just with seconds left, if anything. And WVU won. And the whole time, even though Croft, we were, I think we were both going to WVU at the time. I know, at least we were living in Morgantown. And he uh, he was just rooting for Marshall the whole time. And I was like, what are you talking about? Why are you rooting for Marshall? He said, dude, if they, have, if they win, then everybody's going to party their ass off tonight. We're going to get a better crowd here. So I can't really blame Croft for having the band in in the bet in his best interests, but at the same time, I was just like, "Really, man?" Because I don't think he understood. Like, if Marshall won that game, we would hear about it forever. And I, I don't hate Marshall. 
I just like the Mountaineers a lot more. I mean, I went, you know, I'm an alumni there, or I'm a alum, an alum, WVU alum. So I, you know, I could not, I, I would not be able to stand that. It just, it just wouldn't make any sense, and the world would be a bad place after that if that happened. I'm just kidding. It wouldn't be that bad, but I do, I do feel Croft. It would have been a crazy night. Instead, everybody was just. Like, if the Mountaineers just would have crushed them, it kind of would have been like, okay, that was expected. But to almost win and then lose, it's just a whole nother range of emotions. So, sorry, Marshall. And Marshall fans, you didn't get your win that day. WVU is victorious once again. And we haven't really played them much since, I don't think. Kind of stopped our contract or whatever ran out. So, yeah, I'd have to go with Croft being the more phony. Because, I mean, just a couple years before that, WVU is p- going to play Pitt. And if all we had to do was beat Pitt and go to the national championship, and Croft did party his ass off. I remember him just being wasted and just being like, eat shit, Pitt. <laughs> I won't tell that whole story about when I found him in the crowd after he got lost in the crowd and seeing the state of him during that time, but maybe that's for another day. I don't want to embarrass them too much. All right, so now it's band story time, and I got my idea from this question from the great John Ingram, who is actually playing a show today. Let me see if I can find this information really fast. He's playing a show up in Pennsylvania with some amazing guys. Let's see, is this going to bring it up? Oh, shoot. John Page Ingram. All right, yeah, he's playing a show with Vince Herman of Leftover Salmon and Vinny Farsetta of Stude Mulligan along with John Ingram of Fletcher's Grove up in Pennsylvania at Narnia. And you can check that out tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube and Facebook Live, brought to you by jambandwidth.com. So if you're looking for something to watch, it will be a delight. I never say that word, but it will be a delight. Anyways, John has a question It's going into my band story time. He says, have you ever seen a super messed up festival goer sneak into the artist's hospitality and eat our hummus with his bare hands? If so, please set the stage and expound on, maybe expand, maybe it's expound. He has better English than me. Expand on Croft's reaction. (laughs) All right, so this is at Groovin' with the Grove. I think it was Groovin' 2, I believe, and... We were just getting ready to play like a little afternoon set, like in a little acoustic set. And we were backstage at the, he said, the band, the artist hospitality tent. And this dude just hobbles in there. I don't know if he was wasted as much as, or just on a bunch of ketamine. Not saying that there's a bunch of drugs there, but I think he might have been on ketamine. And those of y'all that don't know what ketamine does, a lot of people call it K. But it basically turns people into, like, a zombie, kind of. Like, not a flesh-eating zombie, but just, like, just 
they don't know what's going on. I think he was on multiple things, honestly. But this dude, I don't remember the hummus exactly being ruined, but I do remember um, him ruining the salsa. So Black Bear Burritos, great place to eat in Morgantown, would often cater and donate food for the band hospitality. So we had good stuff to eat back there. And they gave us a tray of salsa. like It's like a big salsa thing in the center. This is pre-COVID, so everybody's just sharing the salsa. Salsa in the center and then nachos all around and you know, on a big tray. And all of a sudden, this dude is just so messed up. I don't know if he snuck in there or what. Like how he, he, he wasn't supposed to be backstage in the first place. And there was like a chair right beside the salsa. And he's just sitting there and like grabbing a chip and like dipping it in the salsa but a bunch of them broke so there's a bunch of like these broken chips just sticking out of the salsa everywhere and then he kept on like grabbing one then he'd like dipping in salsa and then it would be in his hand for like a minute before it made its way to his mouth because that's how messed up he was I remember looking at him and he had like sauce on his shirt at one point he was just like twirling like a, a tortilla in the middle of his chest because he was kind of slumped down in his chair and he's just like rubbing the tortilla like up and down his shirt like like for like a whole minute <laughs> and just and then slowly bring it up to his mouth and eating it and <laughs> we were mostly just watching him and laughing our asses off and Ellie Croft's girlfriend was supposed to be the no person for, for Croft, so he wouldn't have to be telling people no, so that people wouldn't be pissed off at Fletcher's Grove. They'd just be pissed off at this girlfriend of Fletcher's Grove, right? And she was just busy laughing, so she wasn't doing anything. We were all just laughing at this guy. Croft comes in and just sees what's really going on. Like, we we're all kind of just seeing a messed up guy finger banging salsa. And then Croft is just like, dude, you ruined everything. You just ruined the salsa. You just finger banged the fucking salsa, bro. Like, uh, and like, I don't even know if we like got him up. And he was so messed up, he didn't even comprehend what Croft was yelling at him. And all of a sudden, we were having to like go up on stage, and the stairs to the stage weren't far away. And like, as we're going up on stage, Croft's just yelling back, and I'm like, "You ruined everything! You ruined everything!" <laughs> so. Yeah, that was a good story. I mean, I know it's a sad story in a way because he did ruin all the salsa. Uh, Ellie commented under that question that it's the only time she's ever seen Ryan get scary macho. So I, I think Ellie might have liked it a little bit, seeing seeing Croft get macho about the nacho there. But yeah, that's the uh, salsa finger-banging story. Finger-banging salsa. So, guys, that is it for this podcast, this Monday's with Matt Marion podcast. Oh, man, I meant to say this at the very, very beginning, but this podcast is now available on on multiple outlets. Multiple. Let me see here. You can go to Anchor. I have the links, like, all over Facebook. I have the Anchor link on my Instagram page. And we have... Let me see. Distribution. We are on Google Podcast now. We are on Spotify, Radio Public, 
and Breaker. And we will be on this uh, podcast. will be on Apple Podcasts here in at least a week or so. Might have to wait a little longer for that one. But as soon as I publish this, it will be on Spotify. I'm going to keep on putting these on SoundCloud and also putting on them on YouTube. So thank you guys so much for the continued support. This podcast really is growing every week. More and more listeners, and I'm having such a blast doing it. Hoping to have some guests on here soon. And, man, I hope you guys have a great Labor Day. Anybody entering the workforce, my teachers, I hope you have a first uh, great week teaching. I know it's been a bunch of crazy stuff trying to learn all the online uh, bullcrap. But love you guys. Have a great week, and I will see you next Monday. Bye. The less I see, the more I want to be alone.